Church, God is not found in some complicated program or supernatural vision quest. God is within you right now. God is within you right now. Tell your neighbor, God is within you right now. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Colossians. Uh, we're going to learn how Paul helped some new Christian believers unlock this mystery. Everyone say mystery. Say it again. Mystery of their supernatural lives. Today we are going to honor our, uh, our gra uh, not graduate, excuse me, our students from our Bible Academy who finished Module 1. Let's give them a big round of applause. Finish Module 1. And every Monday we have tried and, and we have been successful in some level or another as we open this last module, we opened uh, the Old Testament to continue trying to solve this beautiful mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to make sure that all of you students are listening close because this is part of us uh, unveiling that mystery. You know, I've always sit in, in the front of the class. Uh, I've, I've, I've always, every time uh, there was the first day of school, I would always sit in the front. And not because I was a teacher's pet. Well, I was. Uh, but because, more than anything, the board, the, the board, and, and, and those of you who are children here um, or, or youth, my boards back in the day were green with chalk, <laughs> okay? And, and, and we, we didn't use projectors. We used uh, the, um, the projection machines with the plastic things and, and so forth. So I would always sit in the front, and I have some pictures of me here as, as a teenager. And the reason why is because I was blind. And for the longest time, I thought that's how I was supposed to see. And that's why you can see my cool hair and my obsession with eagles. Stop it. You also have an obsession when you're growing up, whatever it was. Mine was eagles. Uh, I can tell you that I had a collection of eagles. Anytime I will find one, don't show the one with me and, and the other, okay, just the, these two. Every time I will see an eagle on something, I will cut it up, even at doctor's offices, whatever. Don't judge me. I, uh, I, anyways, um, but I couldn't see. I couldn't see the board. It came to the point, church, where the teacher would say, do you need some help? No, no, while well, I was squinting like that. Maybe that's why my eyes are still very close every time I see. I just got used to it. I, I'm not kidding you. This is what I would do. I would grab a piece of paper. It came to this point, church. I would grab a piece of paper. I would make two holes, and I would pretend that I was looking at my document. But scientifically, whenever you have a, such a pinhole, your, your, your eyes actually dilate a little bit larger. And I was actually able to see. So for a semester or two, I was doing this with two holes there, and I was looking at the board, and what I, I really thought that was the way that 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 people, <laughs> the, the people's eyes worked. <laughs> you know, that was what I thought. But I had to admit to my mom and to my teachers that that I needed help. I needed help. I needed to find a solution. And the same is true for life. You know. The first step in us, in order for us to solve a problem, is to admit that we need help. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I need help. So what I did is that I looked into, which by the way, parents, please, 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 you got to check your, your children's eyes. As an educator, 
We see this all the time. We see the kiddos, pobrecitos, you know, they, they, they can't voice for themselves. So you gotta, you gotta get an eye check. And by the way, there's so many programs to your counselor that provides free glasses for your children. You gotta understand that. And even now with, with, with how things are, uh, as far as vision comes, there's a lot, a lot of very, very inexpensive companies. Uh, I mean, I just bought a new pair for $35. It's just so inexpensive. Even, even the checkup can be uh, uh, provided for. Please, please make sure you do so. So finally, I got some glasses. And they were the thickest glasses I could find. As a matter of fact, I even went with the with the frameless glasses because I thought, man, if they frameless, if the ones no, they were even thicker glasses. I'm like, what frame? You don't you see my eye all of a sudden go from this to like this real little in my when you will see me. But I needed them so that I can go on my first date and see my future wife. This was actually my very first date with Liavet. And her two cousins who were sitting at another table a couple of tables later. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. So you cannot see how thick those are. Thank God, okay? Or, but I had to admit I needed help. We have all have asked for help before, whether you are needing help with an exam, whether you have a medical diagnosis, that, with an unusual illness, the first step is admitting that you need help. If you're falling back in your classes, youth, the, the best thing to do is to approach the teacher and ask for extra help or an extension. If you feel sick, you have to admit that you need to go in and get checked so that you can get some help. If you are suffering with an addiction, the first step is re uh, of recovery is admitting that you have a problem. If you are physically, mentally, you name it, if you are needing help, you have to admit it and go find it. The same is true with our relationship with Jesus. In order for us to truly experience salvation, you must admit that you need saving first. Colossians chapter 1. This is uh, Paul speaking. I'm going to start in verse 21. I want you to notice what, uh, how our, 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 our salvation makes an impact in our lives. And I want you to listen to what Paul is speaking here. It says, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies of God in your minds because of what, church? Help me out. Because of your what? Evil. Come on, help me out. Because of your what? Evil behavior. That's why we were alienated. That's why we were enemies with God. But now, somebody said, but now. Come on, say it out loud. But now, He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free of what, church? Help me out. And free from accusation. Praise be the Lord for that. Praise be to our Father for that. Free of accusation. Now, if, this is a big if, you are free from accusation. You are, you, are, you are without blemish. You have been reconciled to Christ. Now, if, if, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. What is the gospel? The true gospel. We spoke about this before. That Jesus came. He died. And he rose from the grave. That is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It says this gospel that you've heard. And that, ha that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. 
and of which I, Paul, have become a servant of this gospel. And then he continues saying, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I feel of my, in my flesh what is lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the what church? The church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its what, friends? In its fullness. Say it again. In its what? Fullness. Now he goes into this. What is that fullness? The mystery that has kept been kept hidden from ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. What is this mystery? To them, you and me, to you and me, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles this mystery, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery that Christ is in you and me. Paul wrote this letter. Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians to the Colossians to help young believers in their walk with the Lord and their newly found faith. When Paul was disciplining or discipling and developing this new church of the, uh, of the Roman Empire, he started with the basics, which is something that we love to do at the beginning of the year. We always like to start with the basics. He, this, this is the most pivotal part of our Christian theology. It's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. So Paul addresses this question. Who is Jesus? Remember, he is talking to a Gentile generation. A Gentile generation who does not have any Jewish background. They don't know anything other than what they know uh, uh, from their parents, which are continue, uh, we'll see here in a, se in a second. There's just nothing but religious and, and fortune-telling and all of those things, rituals and mystical religions. So the book of Colossians is kind of a Christianity one-on-one. -on -one. Now, for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about three things, and, 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 and they're all going to be found in the book of Colossians. We're just going to touch some things in the book of Colossians. As a matter of fact, we'll come back and actually do a book study in the, in the book of Colossians after we finish Ephesians, which we will start in February. But here, as we begin this morning, we're going to talk about three things. Today, we're going to talk about salvation because it starts there. Next time, we'll talk about baptism, and then we'll talk about the growth of our spiritual life. Because I want you to understand, and, and, and most of you that I'm looking around the room, most of you are from, from, uh, from Emmanuel, that you've been here for a while. And so that you know that you, we don't just simply come to sing a couple of songs and then go home and live our lives whatever we want. We come here so that we can continue equipping our, whole, our, our, our spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are able to move forward in our walk with the Lord every single day. Do you know that we are Christians on Sundays? But do you know that we are also Christians on Monday morning? On Tuesday? On Wednesday? Well, some of us you know, come on Wednesdays. We're, we are believers everywhere we go. And so what we need is to have a foundation through, through Jesus Christ alone to walk this walk and grow. And here's the problem with the church in Colossae is is that there were false prophets who were beginning to creep into the church theology. And through their false 
doctrines, they were starting to crumble the foundation that Paul set up when he started the church in Colossae. These convincing false prophets were starting to fracture that foundation, which unfortunately continues to happen in 2023. So by Paul writing this short and, 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 and simple letter to his friends, he was wanting to set the record straight. See, most of, 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 of the people in, in, in uh, Colossians, uh, they, they were used to these mystical religions and, 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 and many, many gods and rituals. So they made the mistake that they began to preach that it was okay to incorporate those mystical religion rituals and have a relationship with Jesus on the side. They tried to pair following Christ with pagan rituals, with full moon festivals and their daily horoscope beliefs. They had convinced themselves that they could somehow work their way, their own way to God. Church, if we remember, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus Christ. And God's people said, Amen. And, and, and the interesting thing is that this that is happening in Colossae, it is still happening in Alvin. It's still happening in Friendswood. It's still happening in the United States and Texas and, and around the world. People are trying to have a relationship with Jesus, but still holding on to their religious beliefs and their customs and their rituals and everything else. It does not work that way, church. Here's what Paul is teaching. You don't need to pair Christ with anything else. It is Christ alone, period. Okay, let me say that again, because again, I don't know if you're just chewing on it. You know, this is a good word, a good meat, okay? But, but I need for you to react. I need you to understand, because unfortunately, as you leave here today, your phone, your television, your radio, your friends, everybody else is going to say, did you know that now you can do this and still be a Christian? Okay, let me talk to this side of the room, okay? You, you, you got to be with me. See, this is the basics of Christian life. You cannot pair your relationship with Christ and still hang on to this kind of lifestyle. You can't do it. And I'm not going to name things because then you're, you're just going to, oh, it's just those couple of things that he mentioned. No, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to let you know what are the things that you and I need to let go because they cannot have the same platform. Christ does not share a stage with anybody. You will see other religions that are beginning to say, oh, yes, you're right. This lifestyle, that addiction, this, it's okay under this new, we live in a new world. So what we have to do is update the word of God instead of us saying, no, the word of God remains the same. The word of God doesn't change just because we live in 2023 and some things are allowed now, all of a sudden we're going to change the gospel of Christ. No, it is still the same. Jesus does not need any help. He himself, he was the one who hang on the cross and died for your sins and mine, period. Nobody else. Nobody else. 
That's it. End of story. They simply, they simply had to admit, hey, listen, Paul, I need help in this area. I, I, I need help in this area. I need, I, I need to admit that I need Jesus and I don't need every other religious ritual that has been passed down from generation to generation. Church, I come from a family that my uncles, even Johnny's dad at one point, because of all the religiousness embedded in, in, in the church in Mexico, my uncles, they would travel. I don't know how long that is, a three mile or something like that. They, on their knees, on their knees, they would go. And, 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 and the more that you suffer and the more that you, that's supposed to be a humbling. So from, from one point to another, it was like a two mile. I don't know how long it was, but it, man, even from here to the door, I'm not walking on my knees. But, but all of that, it just, but, but then they live their life however they want it. The matter of the sacrifice. Is the obedient heart that you have for Jesus Christ. And what you have, and what, when you accept him into your heart, that's what matters in your life. And then the rest of the changes, he does. I love what Pastor Avelino was talking to someone. Yesterday we were having a memorial service for um, a, a, a friend of the church, and, and he was having a conversation with another pastor, and he says, listen, I've learned in all my years that we, as pastors, we, our job is not to change people. That is the Holy Spirit's job. Our job and your job, everybody's job here, is for us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to whoever listens and allow the Holy Spirit to do the change in their, in their life, to do the change in their marriage, to do the change in their children's and their youth life. So right now, I'm, 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 I'm praying and I'm asking God, do the work, finish what you started in Jesus' name. Amen to that. Amen to that. But, but... You and I have to admit that we need help. You and I need to admit that we are not in the place where God has called us to. You and I have to admit that we are not in the, in, 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 in the, in the area of our lives where Christ is glorified. This was a mystery to them. The mystery, verse 26 said, the mystery that has been hidden from ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people, to you and I. So Paul offers to decode this mystery christianity is and was and continues to be such a mystery you can you it's like a huge onion that you peel and you peel and you peel and there's so much more that the lord has to offer so much more that the lord has you know what we can come back to this specific chapter in scripture 10 years from now the message will remain the gospel will never change but the mystery behind it you god will unveil layer after layer the more you get close to him he just shows you to me the greatest mystery is how could you use a sinner like me how could you forgive a person like me and he does how could you love Someone like me and you. But he does. What a mystery. How was this carpenter's son changing the world? Do you guys remember in scripture when people will ask, who is he? Isn't he 
Joseph's son? Like they couldn't believe that it was him who was speaking all these truths at the synagogues. That it was him who had this knowledge. They were amazed at him. They were amazed at him. There's a scripture that said that they were offended by how smart he was because they couldn't believe that this smart child came from Jerusalem. Like, what good comes from there? From Nazareth, thank you. From Nazareth, what good? See, I'm not that smart. So what good comes from there? What good comes from Nazareth? So the Colossians, as non-Jewish, didn't study scripture or the scrolls, didn't study the prophets. How could God change the heart of these men and women? A mystery. So Paul writes to unpack this question. And in this first chapter, he calls this mystery glorious. And then he defines it and he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How can the creator of the world abide in your life? How could the one that breathes stars into existence come and live among us? I mean, this Christmas, we, we beheld this, this whole idea, uh, or not just idea, but this, this promise, of this, the, the word of God that came alive. And, and, and I don't know about you, but my Christmas was different this year than others. When you stop and realize, my God, you are... You walked on this earth. You, 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 you ate in this earth. You, you had uh, this friendship with these 12 men and you taught. You were here. People, people were able to reach out of your, even the hem of your garment and still feel power. Mystery. To die on the cross for our sins. God dwelled. See, in, in other religions and other ancient traditions it was believed and it was taught that God dwelled among inanimated uh, in, in objects like statues or or, or sanctuaries uh, uh, we learned about the temple of the goddess of Diana uh, we learned about uh, other gods uh, and even now people still believe in all and they have images and they have this but but our God is a personal God church our God is a person of God that he doesn't live in this building. He doesn't, he doesn't live here. He's not sitting here from, from Monday to Saturday and just kind of twirling his fingers. And, and then when somebody comes on, on a Tuesday night because, or because they have to stay there, hey, I'm here. No, that's not what God does. He doesn't live in any statues or pictures. He lives in your heart. What a mystery. An incredible mystery. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever, have you ever felt that, that power of salvation in your lives? That power of salvation in your life. We often miss him because we make this so difficult. I know the word mystery can sometimes be like, oh, man, you know, like trying to find clues and things. No, don't, 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 don't think that far. It's just simply, simply something that is being revealed to us even now. God is not found, as I mentioned at the beginning, in complicated programs or supernatural vision quests. We don't have to go in a, in a 45-day travel around the world to discover who God is and what He wants for my life. You know, you can ask Him right now, right there where you are in your chair, and He will speak to you if you're listening to Him closely. God is with you in this very moment. God is for you. 
forever. Actually, actually, as a matter of fact, our motto is God with us, reaching the world. Emmanuel, God with us. So there's nothing that you and I can do to earn access to God. It's only through the power of the gospel. So the weight is off our shoulders. The work is already being done. There's no need to earn salvation. It is a gift from God. You don't need to earn it with money or, or, or simply be a, a, have some good moral behaviors. All you need is to admit that you need it and accept him into your life. Salvation is for anyone and everyone who chooses to accept it. Salvation is an overflow of God's generosity and grace. It is a free gift. It is a free gift. Again, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You just have to accept it. You don't have to dress a certain way all of a sudden. You don't have to memorize specific prayers. You don't have to attend all of these uh, spiritual awakening moments. No, you just simply have to accept that it. it is a free gift. An author, he's written over 18 books, Steve Lawson explained, and I love this quote, salvation is not a reward for the righteous. Salvation is not a reward for the righteous. Rather, it is a gift for the guilty. That is awesome. Salvation is not a reward for the righteous. I did so good, I'm saved. No, that's not how it works. You're not going to get to heaven. Bring your list of good things you did. Live a good life. Be a, a good citizen. All of that, you understand that we're not preaching chaos. We're not preaching um, uh, for us to all of a sudden be rebellious. But church, that alone does not get you saved. The only thing that gets you saved is Jesus Christ. So rather, it is a gift for the guilty. You cannot receive this gift of salvation with first understanding our guilt, our sins. You cannot climb to heaven on your own. It all starts with admitting that you and I need a Savior. See, God helps the helpless, not the self-righteous. God helps the helpless. Seek the help from God. Let me conclude with this. Uh, um, here's a big idea. Salvation is a gift. You don't need to earn it. You just need to receive it. Romans 10, 9 says the following. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to finish with these three things that we have probably heard before, but they are the basics of salvation. We call it the ABCs of salvation. That the first thing that you and I do is that we admit. See, it, it doesn't have to be so complicated, this mystery alone. It can, this mystery has been solved through Jesus. The ABCs of salvation. Students of Bible Academy, this is going to be on your first quiz when you come back, so pay attention. And everyone else, sometimes we are reluctant to to share the gospel with a loved one or with a friend or with a coworker, because we feel that it is kind of complicated through. And what if I'm asked this question or the other ones? What if I am, um, you know, all of these things? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's as simple as ABC. First thing we do is that we admit. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of who, church? Of God. That's it. You have to admit that you and I are sinners. We have fallen. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is what, church? Death. Come on, help me out. The wages of sin is death. But God's eternal, but, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise be to God. It's the first thing you have to admit. Admit that you are a sinner. Admit that you need a Savior. And number two, the second thing or the second letter is just a B, believe. You have to believe, not just accept it, but believe. John 6, 40 says, for my, father's, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and what, church, help me out real loud, and believes in Him shall have what? Eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. Accept, believe it. I, I feel sometimes that we live through the eyes of a teenager. Even us who are a little bit older, a lot older, we still live in the eyes of a teenager. Let me explain. You know what is the perspective of a teenager? That today is the only day they have. And right now. And I need my new car right now. And I need my new degree right now. And I need my new clothes right now. But, but Mija, you know, two weeks from now. No, two weeks from now is an eternity right now. I don't see ahead. I see right now. But, but son, why are you talking to that girl? I mean, right now you're 13. But love is never going to come, Dad. Love, love is never gonna, Right now. Are you serious? Because, you know, I met your mom. We're married. You know, no, right now. And I feel that sometimes we as Christians, we live in the right now only. Like you don't see ahead. Like you don't see yourselves walking through the, 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 uh, the, the road, uh, uh, the, the pearl of gates and all of those things that we are. Like you don't see yourself in heaven. And you should see it. Anybody here, you see yourself in heaven like in eternity with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit hanging out with Abraham and Jonah and asking him all those questions? I do. Like I see myself in eternity. This is temporary, church. This is temporary. This is temporary. I'm excited about watching football today. I'm excited about watching, you know, the, the things that are happening. I'm excited for all of that. But you know what? I am so excited that eventually all of this is going to be gone. And life is so more important. You, we just saw this, speaking of football, we just saw this a couple of weeks ago when the young man fell to the ground and all of a sudden sports didn't matter. What mattered was life. The same thing, I don't know about you, but do you believe there is a heaven? Do you believe that there is a hell? Because if there is a heaven, there is the opposite of it. Which let me, let, me, let, let me make sure that you understand that hell was never intentional, created for you. It was for Satan and his, and his angels. And church, the enemy is such a liar that he will convince you that those such things are just mythical stories. But do you believe? And then the last thing is that C, the letter C, that you confess. So if you admit that you're a sinner, you admit that you, are, that, that you need a Savior and you believe in your heart that Jesus came on that cross and died for your sins and mine, then we will confess that if you declare with your mouth, this is Romans 10, 9, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be what, church? You will be saved. As simple as that, A, B, C. That's the process. There's no 
10-step program. There's no magical saying. There's no purchase necessary. <laughs> All you need to do is to confess Jesus to prayer and trust in Him. There's nothing special about any particular prayer. I want you to understand that. There's nothing special about the prayer that Pastor Irving gives or Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Abelino. There's nothing magical about it. In, in, instead, it's all about the, the heart behind that prayer. It's, it's all about that heart behind that prayer. You know that you can get saved and pray that prayer while you're on, on Highway 45 and people are cutting you off and, 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 and you're just fussed. You know that you can pray that prayer and ask for God to save you. And he's so faithful to his word that he will open that opportunity for you to be saved.